In the holy name of Jesus, amen. This year we are following Jesus through the Gospel of Matthew, which begins and expands by telling us who Jesus is, then telling us what Jesus says, and then showing us what Jesus does. And then we come to this point in the Gospel, Matthew chapter 13. And we find out the response to who Jesus is, what he says and does. And we find that out through the parable of the sower. And it doesn't take anybody with a rocket science degree to figure out that some get it and some don't. Now the parable is nice because it is a story rather than an explanation. And much of life is just the way it is. And sometimes we just can't explain it. But hearing a story or hearing the parable is nice because we are able to at least be able to describe life and then hopefully find our spot in it. And this is what the parable does. You know, so whether your soul is hard, whether it's dry or easily taken over, or it's fertile, this parable opens a door to growth because even fertile soil needs to be worked. As anybody with a garden knows, just because you have good soil this year doesn't mean it won't be the same next. Thus, this parable is a summons to self-examination, leading to repentance, a change, and then to discipleship, following Jesus more closely. So this morning, it's time to find your spot in the story and then commit to following Jesus. This means that even if you find yourself hard, hard as a rock, it doesn't need to remain that way. Because even the hardest paths can be turned and turned into fertile soil. Now the hard path is that part of your life that you continually hide from our Lord, or at least attempt to. There are all kinds of people who experience a lull in their faith, But if you spend a little more time reflecting and self-examining, you'll find out that God's presence and his word aren't the problem. Because just like the parable, the sower is present on the path. And he treats the path as fertile soil by sowing seed on it. See, those who are hard-hearted sometimes are so hard-hearted that they blame God for their hard-heartedness. And when the seed doesn't take root, well, that's God's fault, not their own. But it is no wonder that the seed doesn't take root when the heart is so hard. Then Jesus talks about the rocky soil, which could also be sandy soil or dry soil. And fruits and vegetables can take root very quickly. The seed can sprout, but because there is no more soil to grow, they dry up and they die. And perhaps you know someone like that who's given God a chance, or maybe has come back to church for a bit to make their life better. They give God a chance for a while, and then something comes along to upset their life, and they say to themselves, well, hey, I I give God a chance. didn't work out. I'm just going to go back to the old way. It was easier anyways. It's a lot nicer to sleep in on Sunday morning than come to church. The thing is, though, is that these false expectations of discipleship, of following Jesus, of being part of the church, 
kill the soul because Jesus never actually makes those kind of promises. In fact, the last couple of weeks we've learned the exact opposite. That following Jesus might get you arrested. It might actually require you to sacrifice your life. See, following Jesus is actually believing in a life that's worth dying for. It means that it's hard. And there's no part of your life that you can keep away from our Lord. And of course, the reality is that many favor luxury over faithfulness. Now, the seed among thorns is a tough situation because things actually grow. The soil is one of lost potential because the soil is fertile enough, but when it is about time to bear fruit, life is choked out of it. Caring about what Jesus cares about loses to what the world cares about. And rather than listening to Jesus, we listen to the lies of false riches. See, with this soil, there is so much potential. But rather than caring for the soul, taking care of the soul, people let things continue to fester, and the thorns grow, and the plant dies. Crops can't live when invasive plants are sucking the life out of them. Now, at this point, we probably should ask ourselves, you know, why are some people this soil and others that soil? You know, why do some people respond to Jesus differently? Why do some say what Jesus says, and why do some do what Jesus does? But this is where the parable is so great. We human beings are hard to explain. If anybody has a father or mother, husband or wife, son or daughter, you know that it's difficult to explain why people do what they do. But Matthew 13 is helpful because it simply describes this reality. It just tells us, hey, if this is happening in your life, that's normal. But the thing is, though, it's not really up to us to figure out what other people are. Because the parable is spoken to you. And Christ speaks to you in a way that gives you the opportunity to follow. So the rest of the today isn't decided upon. Tomorrow is completely open and things can change. And that is where Jesus comes along you and bids you to be a part of that fourth soil. To be where the good seed is planted in good soil. So whether you don't get it because you're hiding in the darkness of sin or working under false pretenses concerning discipleship or being choked out by false riches, now is the time. Now is the moment where Jesus will change that. And it simply means believing what's happened thus far in the liturgy and what will happen in the liturgy. Confession, absolution, Kyrie, Gloria, God's word and creed, offering and Eucharist are all the ways that our Lord Jesus, the sower, is planting his seed into us. The seed is sown today by our Lord's word and sacrament and hopefully into those with an open heart and an open mind, those in faith. Because once we've been broken through, life will grow. 
Of course, it will be according to Christ's time as any plant grows. It will take Jesus' patience as any plant needs, and it will take Jesus' care as any plant does, which is simply a nice way of working the soil. You might just get a spade to the heart in order to soften it up. And while you grow, it's easy to pick the fruit too early, which means not letting God's word blossom. Or it's easy to grow impatient with plants, which means crushing sinners. But in either case, thankfully our Lord doesn't respond that way. He doesn't abandon us. Because he's present helping things grow by continually forgiving rather than crushing and pouring on more plant food, letting our lives blossom so that each of us has another chance to follow, has another chance to produce fruit. He's doing that with you. He certainly does that with me. And so we do this with each other. If not, we're doomed. Bird food, kindling, or we're just choked out by weeds. Rather, as our Lord continues to work the soil through his word and sacrament, we keep receiving it, and we keep asking for more, so that we change, and we follow. And as more seed is sown in us and others, we continue to pray that it would take hold of us, and that it would grow, so that the fruit would bloom, good works would be done, good works would blossom. And when it comes time for our death, our lives would reseed, would produce grain. Hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. And thus make the church grow. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.